Popcorn for Dinner. This is Jeff. And Kelly. A very special episode of Popcorn for Dinner this week. No frills, no themes, (laughs) no anything for the first Mm -hmm. time in a while, just to celebrate our hundredth episode. Yes. Which is wild to think of. That's a lot of episodes. Yes. And a lot of movies. Thank you to everyone that actually (laughs) listens. Cause the fact that there are people out there that still listen to it, <laughs> that's why we keep going. And also, it's fun to do. Well, that too. And I like watching movies a lot. Yes. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> since it is the 100th episode, we figured we should do something sort of specific for it. Mm-hmm. The very first movie mentioned on this podcast mm-hmm. in the very first episode, which was literally just us sitting down and starting to talk about movies for a while. And then yeah. we just cut it in together as an episode. Before we really found our groove. Yeah, before we started doing movies specifically and all that. So it, it seemed like it was the perfect choice to do for a super special episode. It was like, oh, yeah, we, we talked about it and definitely spoiled the hell out of it in talking about it in the first place. Yes. But does not matter because the movie itself has so much more than <laughs> just the idiotic twist ending that you get yes and Uh. (laughs) i am the perfect person to do this with because i will get too into a movie and forget everything that i've like seen or heard Uh until it happens right and then i'm like oh right i knew that god it is just like the the ultimate generic shitty cop movie garbage bullshit Mm -hmm. like should have been direct to dvd kind of crap yeah except somehow they wrangled al pacino and robert de niro to be in this movie the execution of this movie the script of this movie the everything about Mm -hmm. this movie is just utter garbage it really is <laughs> i saw it in theaters oh, i went to theaters to see this movie i might still have the ticket stuff somewhere oh man uh absolute waste of money and oh my gosh just what a pile of garbage so yeah. let's jump into <laughs> the movie for this week which i may have even already said the title to but it doesn't matter is the uh 2008 american crime thriller righteous kill God, even the title is like, this could be anything ever. It wound up being like one of the most boring movies. Yes, it's it's astounding how the attempt to conceal the secret ending of the movie mm-hmm. completely ruins the movie. And not just in the sense of like when you get to the end and it's revealed and you're like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. But not just that, but the fact that like everything involved has to technically make sense for two different characters at the exact same time Mm -hmm. for the trick to work. Yeah. In which case it makes both of these characters essentially the same man. (laughs) you know what i mean it's Mm -hmm. just that one of them is de niro and one of them is pacino and there's basically no difference between the two of them at all because it's like if if the movie had ended with a twist ending that al pacino didn't exist and it was just robert de niro the movie would make the exact same amount of sense yep as it does (laughs) when it's over yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> oh my goodness gracious. But uh, IMDb describes the movie as two veteran New York City detectives work on a case of serial executions of criminals who escaped justice. Y- yeah. All right, yeah. For the most part, yes. Um, that sounds like a much more interesting movie yeah, it does. than the movie that you wind up getting. So real quick thing about the absolute very beginning. Uh-huh. As the names were scrolling at the beginning, mm-hmm. noticed off the bat Curtis Jackson. And I was like, <laughs> oh shit, 50 cents in this? Yeah, he is. <laughs> but paying attention to that and then writing a note about it to make sure that I like noted that I was like, Excited uh-huh. to see 57. <laughs> uh, made me miss that Donnie is oh, in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when he showed up, I was like, oh my God, is that a Wahlberg? Like, yes, it's so funny, it dude. Is. He he is, this is like a run for him in, <laughs> in movies where he's playing like basically the exact same guy. Because like <laughs> Saw 2, mm-hmm. he's a detective. Uh, Saw three, he's briefly in, obviously, as the same character. Right. Then he's in uh, Dead Silence, where he plays a detective. Okay. Uh, <laughs> into this movie, where he plays this detective, which was the same year as Saw four, where he plays that same detective again. Like it is this this like four year period where go he basically me, he basically never took off that like necklace uh, badge thing. <laughs> he just wore it from set to set. Like I know I'm gonna need this because yeah. I'm playing another detective. I just brought my own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bought it. It's more cost effective. <laughs> like it's so funny to me. Uh, and him and Leguizamo, I feel like, would have been a decent movie. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, if it somehow could have focused solely on them and not these two, like, old man detectives. Yeah. Which, like, in retrospect, watching this movie, like, for one, the opening, like, that whole opening credit sequence where it's just them, like, blasting machine guns at the fucking range mm-hmm. and, like, looking at each other and just going, like, <laughs> just, like, laughing at each other. Mm-hmm. Just, I guess, having a blast or whatever. Uh, interspersed with, like, coaching Little League. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they're <laughs> pumping iron. Yeah. Al Pacino's playing, like, three games of chess at one point. <laughs> it's, like, the stupidest montage of bullshit. Of, like, God, these guys are insufferable. <laughs> and just, like, the worst. Like, why are these two playing them? But, like, in retrospect, looking at them and them being all old and everything. Like, obviously, I get it. Like, I'm sure there's plenty of, like, older detectives who are great at their jobs. Mm-hmm. All I can think of is like that they're essentially Hitchcock and Scully. Yeah. Of that area <laughs> where it's like, oh God, these two guys, oh Christ, probably going to make some terrible old white guy jokes. <laughs> like they do the whole movie and it's supposed mm-hmm. to seem like cool. Um, so strange that uh, I believe it's Carla G- Gugino. I think it's Gugino. I'm terrible with pronouncing people's <laughs> names. Uh, as Karen, who play, who is essentially Robert De Niro's love interest in this movie. Mm-hmm. She's like 30 years younger than him. Yeah. It is so weird. It was. Like, that was the part of the movie that I absolutely forgot about. And I was like, oh, Christ. This yeah. makes it so much worse. That it's like, not just is it a stupid cop movie, mm-hmm. but also it's like Robert De Niro having like, hate sex 
with some lady way younger than him who really should just be like dating anybody else go back to john leguizamo yeah apparently they were dating previously i didn't really catch that until i read about it i was like oh it was it was mentioned offhand at one point and then he smacked her ass at one point too I saw that. I thought they were just like getting together because she was like finally tired of the old man. But (laughs) I mean, maybe again. Yeah, who knows? But either way, that whole thing was just fucking weird. Mm -hmm. The like that scene where where uh, Al Pacino is describing uh, De Niro basically just committing some really gross police brutality and she's getting off on it Mm -hmm. is just like, man, God, again, a movie where everyone is terrible. Yeah. And nobody is redeemable. And it is like, you look at her at first and you're just like, ah, she's just stuck with these weirdos. She's probably better than this. And then you find out later, like, oh no, everyone is written gross and weird. Yeah. Why is everyone icky? Yeah. I don't care. (laughs) About how anything turns out in this movie. <laughs> but like the framing device that is the cheat that makes the twist ending happen. Since it's essentially it's just De Niro staring down the camera mm-hmm. and confessing to murders. Mm-hmm. The whole rest of the movie you're just sitting there like, I don't really give a shit about this investigation at all. Because yeah. either you're led to believe that it's De Niro or you know the stupid twist ending and know that it's actually <laughs> Al Pacino. Yeah. Either way, you know that it's nobody else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like any sorts of like, yeah, maybe we should take a look into this guy. Or maybe we should go talk to this guy. You're like, what the fuck is the point of this? Why are you even showing me movie? Yeah. You've already played your hand that it's the cop whose name is Fisk. <laughs> mm-hmm. Truthfully is the murderer uh, and not... Cohen, I think, is the is 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 De Niro's real name. Yeah, their fake names are Turk and Rooster, which is like why Turk? Like yeah. I get Rooster in terms of like okay, some stupid animal nickname. Yeah, you know, like whatever. But like Turk, it's like so it's not part of his name. No. It's not Turk short for something. The man's name is Tom Cohen, but his nickname is Turk. Okay, I guess why? And the answer is because. The movie is playing a horrible trick on you mm-hmm. <laughs> the whole time. Did you remember that that was what was happening? It took me a while, but yeah, somewhere along the line, it did all click into place. Like who was actually the murderer and the fact that no one calls them by their real name, including Ever. not in- even like the chief Yeah, talking to them as his employees. Yeah. He calls them nicknames. Mm-hmm. And everybody on the crime scenes mm-hmm. and at the baseball games yep. and everywhere in their lives, they call them by their nicknames and they never, ever call them by their actual names until the reveal is done. Mm-hmm. And then De Niro calls Pacino his character's name. David Fisk. Yeah. He he says like David. Oh, and it's like the Dave. first time. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. the first time in the entire movie that they've spoken to each other using real human names. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, and all of a sudden it hits you like, oh my God. Yeah. The whole thing. Like they, they've like, there's no way to like critique this movie without talking about it in retrospect mm-hmm. because the first watch through of this movie is simply like, Boring, like you said, Mm -hmm. because all the investigative stuff is so by the book 
mm-hmm. bullshit that doesn't matter. I could not believe that one scene where De Niro and Pacino go to see the guy in jail. Mm-hmm. And he walks into the room and they insult him. And he goes like, what the fuck is this? I'm leaving. And then leaves. And then the scene's over. Yeah. They didn't even talk to him. They got no information from that. <laughs> but we spent time doing that. Why? Yeah. What It was like, it was, it was like because the movie needed the scene where they go and see a guy in jail. Mm-hmm. For some reason, like, are you fucking? What is this nonsense? Like, (laughs) it's so boring. It's so stupid. There's so much stupid stuff in it. The 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 one dude who's played by the skateboarder guy, Rob Drydeck or something. I forget his actual name. He's he does that show that Tosh.0 ripoff on MTV, whatever it's called. Awesomeness. Yeah, something like that. He does that. He had that show Robin Big and everything. Mm -hmm. Like He was like a dude, like a skateboarder guy. Mm -hmm. So he plays Rambo the skateboard pimp? Like, what? Why is there a skateboard pimp in a movie with Robert De Niro and Al Pacino? Right. (laughs) Like, those two things do not conflate. But the framing device of the movie is this video footage of Robert De Niro looking into a camera saying that his name is Detective David Fisk Mm -hmm. and that he is the poetry boy killer. And it's extra confusing because throughout the movie, like it essentially flashes back to a moment that he mentions in that video recording that we're watching and that Mm -hmm. we see some, like, other officials are watching. Yeah. He's like, maybe it all started with blah, 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 something way back when. And then it flashes back, and there's De Niro, and there's Pacino, Mm -hmm. and they're investigating that guy who, like, killed kids, and then he went to, or then he didn't go to jail because of a technicality. Yeah. And all that shit, and De Niro planted a gun Mm -hmm. to make sure he went to jail. And so you're like, you're slow, you know, you're led to believe Mm -hmm. that the voiceover that is De Niro speaking (laughs) is about De Niro. Yeah. The whole movie. So the whole movie has to be like sort of pandered to that, despite the fact that at the end it's. And it's like, I, I almost can't even believe it when I see it because it's just so gross to me like as a trick as like a cinematic trick of like are you fucking kidding me so (laughs) the entire voiceover of the whole movie except for a few parts that are robert de niro's actual thoughts yeah that was from like therapy sessions well right that's the thing is that it's interspersed with that so the therapy sessions are Robert De Niro's thoughts. Yes. Because he is there in the scene speaking them. Right. But then the video Robert De Niro stuff actually doesn't apply to Robert De Niro because he is reading a confession written by Al Pacino's character. Yep. So at the beginning of the movie, when he says, my name is Detective David Fisk, he is reading what Pacino wrote. Mm Mm-hmm. So he has not been Detective David Fisk this whole movie, despite it telling you he is. Right. Just that off the bat, as a thing, I hate (laughs) so much. Like, it's just, it's such hardcore cheating. Yeah. The introduction of the character to the audience is the lie. Mm -hmm. And constructing the rest of the movie to obscure that fact. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's like immediately the first scene 
when they when it shows like eh, maybe it started with that guy who was killing kids and then it flashes back to that scene mm-hmm. immediately in a real situation like some other officer would come up and be like detective fisk and then al pacino would be like yeah well what do you want uh, you know it'd be all crazy about it <laughs> yeah. but he would immediately answer and you'd go oh shit he's fisk and then you'd realize it immediately because that's just how people talk in the real world is they mm-hmm. use the names that they have yes <laughs> Especially when they're, you know, on a police force. That's a huge thing, too. Like, it's not like a couple of junkies hanging around who, like, call each other, like, Biff and Spaz or something. Where it's like, (laughs) if you don't know that that dude's name is, like, David, then you're like, oh, well, yeah, because they're fucked up. Who knows? Mm -hmm. But it's like, you're police officers. Your names would be on everything. Like, they never never have any sort of identifying things on them Mm -hmm. or anything like that. It's just infuriating. <laughs> Essentially, you know, w- with with the reveal being that Al Pacino is the the poetry boy killer mm-hmm. who is like the most boring serial killer in the world <laughs> who just shoots the victim and then drops a stupid poem on their body mm-hmm. talking about how, oh, the justice system failed, so I cleaned it up or whatever. Yeah. So it's like you're just like the lamest, wussiest version of the Punisher, the guy who shoots people serial killer is just not that interesting yeah (laughs) and it's not shot very interestingly and none of the characters like since all the characters that are getting killed suck Mm -hmm. you're just like okay yeah fine like the skateboard pimp like beats up that one girl and throws her in a car and then a second later is shot in the head and you're like whatever yeah (laughs) everyone deserved it yeah everybody who gets killed you don't give any kind of shit about so why do we want this guy to stop killing, I guess? Like, yeah. Other than that, it's, I guess it's bad. It's technically <laughs> illegal. Yeah. <laughs> but no one really cares. Yeah. And like, I don't know, man. It it Did it feel like the actual, like, them trying to find clues as to who is the killer, that all of those scenes just felt superfluous? Yeah. Because we like already knew yeah. that it's like it's, it's like, one of these cops. So yeah. when they go and, and hunt down that other guy, when Donnie Wahlberg and Leguizamo mm-hmm. go and hunt down that other dude who like gets the drop on him. Yeah. And everything <laughs> was like terrible cops. Everyone's terrible. <laughs> Seriously. But like talking to him, the, that whole thing and his whole like, oh, maybe you want to talk to Sunder, it all just in and out because mm-hmm. it was like, yeah, we know. Yeah. We know that it has nothing to do with this guy. Move along. Mm-hmm. Nobody cares. The killer's in this room. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, did you? I, I I wrote it down as soon as it happened when uh, Al Pacino starts that one scene with, okay, so I'm the killer. I'm the killer. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I come in and I'm, and it's uh, them like recreating it. But it was like, oh, he says right there, mm-hmm. I'm the killer. Like, oh, that's actually a, maybe a little funny. I'd only <laughs> watched the movie once. And then when the ending happened, I was like, oh, God, this is such terrible garbage <laughs> and so and i think they do a quick flashback of that yes at the end yeah, yeah. in what in the like saw light <laughs> kind of ending montage thing uh but it definitely like when it happened while watching the movie it was like ah that's actually a little funny yeah. <laughs> i kind of like that pacino is the best in this movie oh yeah of all the people in it and he's bad yeah you know what i mean that's like the worst part of it but like everyone's terrible mm-hmm. really like because everything is terrible and there's no way to raise it above <laughs> what it's at, you know, like fucking that line from Donnie Wahlberg when they're following that dude. And he's like, is it killing time or is he just killing time? Like, 
Oh, my God. Is this a 1940s detective novel? <laughs> like, really? Did you really just fucking say that? Like, how long have you been waiting to say that? Mm -hmm. That character, like, in his life. Like, oh, man, when when that time comes, I'm going to say it. And the fact that Leguizamo gives him, like, nothing makes yeah. it all the funnier. Like, oh, I wasted that fucking line on you. It's the greatest thing I've ever said in my life. Damn it, John. Ugh, <laughs> oh, man. But there's... So many stupid, like, Kevin Smith-esque dialogue. <laughs> like, like, it felt like they got someone who really liked Kevin Smith to punch up some of the dialogue between the detectives. <laughs> Not actually Kevin Smith. Yeah. That whole bit with Underdog at the beginning. Mm -hmm. When they're sitting there talking and the whole, like, oh, you know, Underdog, he's, he's the reason for the... The pill ep epidemic. Yeah. Because what did he do? He'd be pop a pill and he'd get his superpowers. Oh, yeah, look at that. He totally is. Uh. <laughs> and it's like, that is such an old man conversation. Nobody else is thinking about underdog. Seriously. <laughs> it's so oh old. My God. Like, it just makes it seem like that's one of those moments where you imagine all the rest of the cops who are doing this mission are just like, just let them sit there and talk about yeah. whatever garbage they're going to talk about because they're worthless now. Just retire already. Seriously, like, oh, just oh. fucking just just live cushy and <laughs> just stop bothering Take us. Take your pension and leave. Yeah, seriously, that's, that's all I can kind of think of. <laughs> then, like, that, the whole thing with, with 50 Cent when they take that girl who bought Coke off of him to mm. go in there to buy more Coke as like a sting mm -hmm. and all that. It was like, for one, this plan seems doomed from the start. Yeah. Like the fact that they dropped the knowledge on her just moments before she's supposed to go meet him, that it's like, and you're going to need to come back here with no less than four ounces. She's mm. like, fucking four ounces. I never buy four ounces. Like that Im immediately right there, you have to be like, oh, mm. Yeah. Okay, never mind. Like or or change the amount that you need her to get because it seems crazy that it's like if he sold you 3 ounces technically. Yeah. <laughs> None we could do. <laughs> seems weird. But either way, it's like if you if you're hard on that number, mm -hmm. then you have to come up with a different plan because sending her in there to get 4 ounces is the most suspicious thing on the planet. Seriously. And it's like terrible terrible plan. Mhm. Mm and then it goes terribly. Yep. Because he immediately figures out that she has a wire and like rips it off of her and like mm -hmm fucking you know is gonna i mean he's not gonna do anything because he knows he's being watched mm -hmm. but like everything goes to shit and they go in there and they're talking shit to him and all that and then his fucking bodyguard dude is just standing in a doorway with his gun up yeah pointed at the cops yeah i just wrote down i was just like what was that moron security guy doing just standing there with his gun up like, that's the only reason that anybody gets shot, that that whole scene gets crazy, that mm -hmm. she gets shot. That whole sequence is what sends them to the shrink mm -hmm. to talk to him or whatever. And it's like, you couldn't think of a better scene than that to get them to be talking to the shrink. <laughs> like, once the talking to the shrink started, I was like, oh, the movie started now. Yeah. Like, this is where the movie should have started. Like, I don't even need to see the sequence where they get their PTSD or, you know, they, they <laughs> fire their weapons and therefore have to talk to someone about it. Right. All of that preamble bullshit is just, like, unnecessary, especially when the girl just disappears yeah. and is not important later. Is like... All of that, so much movie can just go immediately right there <laughs> and just start with them in therapy. This really could have been a short film. This could have been an episode of a terrible TV show. Yes, <laughs> that too. But looking through my notes, like Pacino really is the only good thing in this movie. 
uh he gets the only like good lines like the the someone's knocking off the brady bunch it's got to be the partridge family <laughs> like also another old guy joke mm-hmm. but at least it seemed like he was having fun yeah in that moment like legitimately al pacino <laughs> in that moment he was the only one who ever looked like he was having fun at points in the movie mm-hmm. where he would do stuff and then he would just get that like ah, kind of <laughs> smile on his face. And it was like, that wasn't planned. That wasn't part of the character. That was just Pacino. Yeah. <laughs> just him being silly. I liked his description of De Niro as saying that he runs around like a pit bull on crack. Yeah. I, spelled <laughs> that. I, I wrote that down too. And I was just like, uh, okay, I guess, man. <laughs> Oh, and Wahlberg does get a good line later, too, when uh, uh, Leguizamo's on the phone talking to someone, I think the chief or whatever, about like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that it was a cop who shot up my house and all that. And, and then like, and then somebody <laughs> says something to him about like, are you, you okay? okay? Yeah, And he's like, am I OK? And then he's like, hey, whatever his name was. Donnie. I don't know, Don- <laughs> yeah. Hey, Donnie Wahlberg. <laughs> They're asking if I'm okay, and the actually he's dead is a great line. <laughs> I enjoyed him trying to spell out the Russian guy's last name. Oh, yeah. Like, M-A- Gulat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, like I said, those two would have made a good, like, silly cop movie together, mm-hmm. and it's a shame. Have them be the other guys. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, kind of. <laughs> Like it just makes sense. I don't know. Like considering that, like it, they're just they're just too old, man. Mm-hmm. Like it just seems too weird. Like if they were playing, I mean, that's the thing though is that, like there's no like partners for older people. You know what I mean? Where it's like there's not like you know the chiefs, mm-hmm. <laughs> like co-chiefs or something where they could be partners. Yeah. So they have to be like detectives, but it's like. God, you guys haven't retired yet or something like seriously christ you have to like the, the, just the way that you move doesn't <laughs> seem like you'd be able to apprehend anybody yeah. except for each other which i guess is what makes it lucky that yeah. <laughs> they wind up chasing each other at the end because those oh, are the only people that they God. can chase seriously i i wrote down two old men jogging through a warehouse how intriguing right? right that's jogging it is laughable like that is like the big huge climax is that Pacino's trying to escape and I love when he's leaving and he's just like where are you going and he's like I don't know and just leaves (laughs) like okay then don't know what that was all about like I don't understand what his plan at the end there really was for like I had a question in here about like what he was really doing at the end there Cause like, God, there's, there, there's a couple of like really gross things that happen in this movie in mm-hmm. just like the weirdest, like throwaway, like what the fuck was that kind of thing? Mm-hmm. God, it's, it's so impossible to understand. And I'm sure that you had the exact same questions <laughs> that I did where like the movie gave a couple of explanations or thought it gave explanations and by mm. the end of it, you're just like, no, that doesn't make any sense. Explain better. <laughs> like, this is not, that's not adequate movie for what we just saw happen. That does not explain anything because Karen just gets assaulted and raped in her apartment. Mm-hmm. And it does the like POV, someone coming in and then it like cuts to black and then fades in later and she's all bloody and bruised. Mm-hmm. And it's just like this horrible thing. And you're just led to believe 
again since the whole time you're led to believe that it's uh, De Niro who's been doing all this. Yeah. And their scenario, it, I mean, it doesn't make sense, obviously, because that's like a horrifying thing to do. Mm -hmm. But like they are lovers in a sense. Mm -hmm. He's been getting like angry and jealous. Yeah. <clears throat> She's been talking with like Wazamo or other people and everything. So it's like, and you know, they've been talking about how he has such a big temper, pitbull on crack, that kind of <laughs> junk, that it's like, okay, like he's a monster, but I guess. I guess I understand like why that was the crime committed. You know what yeah. I mean? Like not in a condoning way, but just like if you heard that, you'd be like, oh, yeah, because that dude's a fucking psycho. Mm -hmm. And then he would just go over and see her and then, you know, do terrible things. Yeah. So then later when it's revealed that it's like, no, everything bad that has been happening has actually been Pacino, not De Niro the whole time, including that. Yeah. It's like, okay. Oh, Okay, wait a minute. What? Mm -hmm. Then why did he do that? And then the movie shows like a flashback and him giving like a voiceover and shit when he's explaining it to Robert De Niro. And he's like, yeah, you know, I knew that that Russian was going to wake up or whatever. And he was going to, you know, point me out and I, I'd be caught. So I knew I had to do something. I had to cross that line and do something unforgivable. And I just wrote, why? Yeah. What does that mean with, like, what? To ensure he dies? I mean, I guess. But to, but, I, but who? Because what he's talking about is raping Karen. Yeah. And it's like, what does the Russian have to do with that? And why do you have to do this? Yeah. You know what I mean? He's like, I was forced. I had to cross that line and it's like nobody was forcing you to do any of this yeah that was 1000 percent of your own will and volition mm -hmm. and especially when she's like calling someone and she's like yes he is absolutely a total sociopath yeah you know what i mean where it's like okay so why is this and then he i, I feel like he gives that explanation more than once about like, and I had to do it. I had to go that far. Yeah. And but it still never explains why yeah. he felt that need. And then she shows up in the climax, mm -hmm. and she has a gun. And like De Niro is like, I don't want to kill him. I just want to take him in. Come on, what are you doing? And she shows up with the gun. Like you're gonna defend him, mm -hmm. so I'm gonna fucking take him out because I had forgotten exactly how the movie ended anyway. Yeah. So I was like, oh, this is interesting. Oh, <laughs> kind of like Zeke and Bob's Burger. Oh, it suddenly hit me of like, he did that to like that. The reason for the whole unforgivable thing is to force them to kill him. Mm -hmm. And in that scene, you know, she was going to kill him. Like, uh, that's what it felt like. It was like his own doomsday device of like, <laughs> you do that to her, she'll come back and kill you, which is what you want because you don't want to be caught and go to jail right? or whatever. So I was like, okay. So, I mean, it's horrifying and a dumb thing and I didn't like it, mm -hmm. but at least it made some sort of internal narrative sense. But then she just gives up and doesn't shoot him. Mm-hmm. And Pacino just runs away and De Niro chases him again. And then he finally gets him to kill him by aiming his gun at him. Yeah. And it was like, oh, yeah, maybe you could have just done that then. Mm -hmm. Instead of this whole big circuitous rape revenge cycle that apparently wasn't actually what was going on. I don't yeah, know. I but it seemed like that moment seemed like it had a purpose. Like, oh, 
that was dumb, but at least it led to what he wanted in a sort of like Saw movie kind of ending way where it's like, <laughs> what I really wanted was for you to kill me. Ah. But then she doesn't, and he's like, well, bye-bye, and leaves like he's totally cool with that. So it's mm -hmm. like, oh, so his plan wasn't to get killed? I think he even asked De Niro to let him escape. Yeah. Like, just let me go. Ah, it's okay. You know, and <laughs> then he only kills him when he's like completely cornered. Yeah. And aims his gun at him. So it was like, okay, so your plan was to eventually get found out because, the, or like, that, that's not necessarily the plan, but your dilemma is that the Russian is going to wake up and finger you as the guy who shot him. Mm -hmm. So your plan is now to kill Spider as the last one. Like, mm -hmm. oh, I'll kill one last guy who totally deserves to die. And then try to escape off into the night. Mm -hmm. Apparently... But in his, yeah. but uh, but apparently his plan also included a brief stop off to go rape her, for no reason. Yeah, it's I, baffling. It's yeah. so gross. It's so like, like I know that that Game of Thrones got gets a lot of shit for <laughs> using too much like rape as a plot device. Mm -hmm. Like, don't lie. What yeah. the fuck? Don't fucking There's do that. No reason. Yeah, it's like just absolutely cut that shit out. So in this sense, it's like, oh, God, it's so like, it's just a terrible thing to do in a movie. Mm -hmm. And just like, just because you want it to be like shocking or horrible or whatever, like whatever. But then to eventually get to the point of realizing like, oh, and it was 1000% unnecessary and did not lead to anything meaningful at all. Yeah. So it's even worse mm -hmm. than any of those other ones. Like it is the ultimate gross, terrible movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there was another gross part that I had completely forgotten about. When Pacino goes to meet with Leguizamo and Wahlberg at that bar. Mm -hmm. And then he invites that woman, Cheryl, yes. to sit down and like sobbingly tell the story of how the guy that De Niro planted the gun on to get him to go to jail, the reason that he was let off the first time is because the mom of the kid he killed gave him an alibi, mm -hmm. like testified for him in order for him to not get jail time or whatever, mm -hmm. probably because he was beating the shit out of her or whatever the hell the whole thing was. Yeah. Horribly traumatic experience for this woman in the first place. And then now being dragged to this bar in the middle of the night to sit across from two cops and sobbingly tell that story again mm -hmm. and then have Pacino tell her to go kill herself via alcohol poisoning mm -hmm. as she leaves. Like, all right, all right, get out of here, get out of here. Just to prove the point yeah. that De Niro once did that, but don't talk about it because it could hurt this case or whatever. Yeah. And that was the whole thing. It was like, you had to fucking call this woman and drag her out here and insult her? Seriously. To get your point across? So disgusting. And then by the end of it, it's like, well, he is the bad guy. And it's like, well, that doesn't fucking change it. Yeah. Like, that was just such a shitty thing to do. And it, again, felt like something of somebody just writing a scene that feels like it would be in a cop story. Mm -hmm. And not even for a moment thinking about the, like, just how it's going to seem. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, wow, that was cruel. I wonder why <laughs> I had one of my lead characters do that. But it's like, nope, didn't think about it for even a second. Nope. Just let it happen like the horrible little event that it was. <laughs> Holy Christ. Also, quick question. Is it still Officer Down if the officer is the perp? 
uh, I guess technically at that point, he is still an officer. He hasn't been stripped of his title. I just wonder if like if the call is still the same, like if officer down. I mean, I guess in the end, you're still just bringing paramedics and whatever. Yeah. So I guess it doesn't matter. But it just seemed odd to me. Officer to be like, down, they might show up quicker. I mean, I guess <laughs> that was also the funny thing, too, in that whole ending sequence is that De Niro's all like he shoots him mm-hmm. and then he get, crawls over to him and is like holding his hand or whatever. And then he calls in officer down and whatnot. And then <laughs> Pacino's just like, just call them off. Like, just tell him you don't need it anymore. And I was like, that's an option. Yeah. <laughs> after you say officer down to just be like, no, never mind. He's completely, totally dead. Don't even bother. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's so strange. Just the corner. Yeah. That's like, that doesn't seem like that would work. It yeah. seemed like it would be like, we're on route. We're coming. What are you talking about? Shut up. Get what? Yeah. Don't come anymore. Like, no, yeah. He's just totally. De- in fact, I'll just handle it. I'll just put it in. I'll put him in my car <laughs> and I'll drive him over to wherever it needs to go. You don't even need to bother. Like, it's just the weirdest thing. I don't think that that's really how that works. Or it's like the exact opposite. And oh, no, sorry. He was faking it. Yeah. <laughs> He's actually fine. I, also, I could not believe Rooster's last words. They were like the weakest ass <laughs> last words in the history of movies. And I just could not believe it. Do you remember them? No. It was, I wish you continued success. Like, what? what? That's what your, like, principal says to you after you get your diploma (laughs) or something. Like, not your greatest friend as his last words before dying. Mm -hmm. I wish you continued success. (laughs) Like, that's, that's what you write at the bottom of the card to the person that you're not really that close with. Yeah. Like, I don't know what they're doing. Uh, I wish you continued success. Yeah. Whatever you're doing, <laughs> keep doing it, I guess. Like, what a terrible last word. <laughs> also, hey, slow old man walk chase scene. <laughs> <laughs> That's after they got tired of jogging. Yeah, that was, oh, God. Also, like, his whole reasoning for doing this, too, like, He's killing all these people because they're getting away with crimes and, you know, they're getting acquitted or they're getting released or whatever the fuck it is. And the whole thing is predicated on one old case where Robert De Niro planted a gun Mm -hmm. to get that child murderer behind bars. Yeah. And apparently that just broke Pacino's brain. Yes. And he was like, well, I guess I'm just going to start killing people then. Right. (laughs) And leaving little poems and all that. Like, like, that was his reasoning. Yeah. Essentially blaming what De Niro did for killing all those people. Yeah. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, it was absurd. No, like, if this you... was your decision, Al Pacino. Really? And, like, <laughs> it would make for a much more interesting character if he just owned it. Yeah. He was just like, yeah, you know, when I saw that, you know, doing things outside the line sometimes got the right results. It inspired me. Yeah. But instead he talks about how he's like, that broke me. Oh, that broke me. Like, what, yeah, <laughs> what like, do you mean it broke I you? I lost my faith. Yeah, really. It was just like, you've been on the force for that long. Like, by that time, when that case happened, you were already old men. Yeah. You had seen nothing previous to this that gave you any indication that some cops might not be on the level. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? He went fucking, like, 40 years in the NYPD and saw nothing. Yeah. And then one gun gets planted to get a murderer behind bars, and he's like, Like, his brain fries. (laughs) Like, totally a Absurd. Absolutely absurd. What a horrible Seriously. motive. 
also like god dude looking through the notes now is is just like my note starts with wait what which is like <laughs> just hysterical to me because it was legit that was my thought process was just like that literally time paradox like that literally couldn't have happened so fucking de niro gives Wahlberg and leguizamo the name of that guy bomb Mm-hmm. You know, and he's like, this guy, you know, he used to fucking, he had a, he got fired or whatever the fuck. I don't even remember his story, but it's like, he used to work for the cops. Now he doesn't work for the cops. He's got a grudge or whatever. Yeah. So it's like, go check this guy out. Maybe, maybe this is the guy. He's got an axe to grind. Who knows? Whatever. So they go and they're sitting there and they're watching Bomb at his house mm-hmm. or whatever. And it's like 2.30 in the morning. They specifically mentioned that. Yeah. And he leaves, so they follow him. Right. And they follow him to some sort of business that he owns or something, some sort of other building that he, you know, has the keys and he goes in and whatever. Mm-hmm. And they follow him, you know, Wahlberg gets out and sort of follows him, and then he sneaks up on Leguizamo and is like, oh, what are you doing here? You know, and then uh, Wahlberg comes in and sticks his gun in Baum's face, like, ah, oh, we got you now. <laughs> and then Baum reaches into his coat and gives them his alibi yeah and it was like how do you know that you're being investigated for something and need an alibi for a specific time i mean if, he was a cop i think he knew that he had some connection to like one of at least one of the killings but or something uh, from what i recall in that scene when he brings up bomb because that's the scene where everyone starts going like hey it can't be that guy that guy doesn't have any whatever and he's like i'm just saying if you you, you were asking for somebody whatever when mm-hmm. de niro's getting all like flustered yeah. and it was just like clearly not helping his case for everyone being like he might be the murderer because he's he, as, as soon as you question something he just starts like i, 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 don't, I don't know i don't know like <laughs> freaking out but it was like they were just like this dude's nothing mm-hmm. like, why are we looking for him and then the dude's like, here's my alibi for the thing that nobody has warned me that I am under investigation about. <laughs> and I left my house at 2.30 in the morning to go get. Like, I- even if he was, like, awake mm-hmm. and noticed that there were cops, like, you know, because he's a cop, so he'd notice, like, oh, that's that's mm-hmm. unmarked over there. And they're sitting there like, huh, I wonder what that's about. Even if he was like, I might need an alibi. Why would he leave at 2.30 in the morning to go do it (laughs) other than to specifically look suspicious to these guys? Yeah. Because in any rational world, he notices that and is like, hmm, they might be looking into me for something. I'll probably need an alibi eventually. Yeah. I'll get to that when the time comes because I don't know what I'm looking for. You know, I don't know what times I need to prove I was somewhere else but he has like an envelope ready (laughs) it was so strange and it was like you know essentially the whole scene was like oh he's doing something suspicious oh he wasn't but then when you look back on it it's like wait that was still suspicious because why would you do this at 2 30 in the morning (laughs) this is the most absurd scene I've ever seen yeah (laughs) oh my god and then (laughs) there was one line that I quoted from Pacino and I just wrote oh my god afterwards which was when he's on the phone during their like last sting when uh, De Niro's going to show up and then the whole mm-hmm. like, you know, the just before the whole big ending. Mm-hmm. And uh, Pacino's talking to somebody on the phone, probably the chief, about what's happening there. And he's like, yeah, I got these two guys watching me like hawks, gay hawks. I was like, oh, my God. 
God movie, really? Seriously. You really felt the need to add that in there to be like, ah, just some guys messing around, calling them <laughs> gay, totally, everything's cool. Like, oh my God, movie, you really truthfully suck. Seriously, <laughs> on every level. Also, um, that whole bit there before the big ending that obviously we've already talked about, De Niro shows up and he's talking to Spider and they're all under surveillance from the other guy, the other cops. Mm -hmm. And De Niro starts getting real like serious about fucking him up and doing something bad to him. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, yeah, you like poetry? I got a poem for you. And it's like, oh, is he the poetry boy killer? Oh, man. And then Wahlberg and Leguizamo and everyone like bust out to like apprehend him. Mm -hmm. And then it's revealed that it was all a joke that he knew they were setting him up. Yeah. And he was just fucking around with them. <laughs> and I was like, you would really risk that? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that that somebody wouldn't be like, oh, he's got a gun on him right now. And he's talking about being the killer and, uh, and you know, and getting <laughs> shot because you're a fucking asshole who can't help playing that joke. <laughs> like what a horrible horrible thing like you couldn't just show up and like reveal that you know mm -hmm. and not like play a little game about it like <laughs> what the fuck this is so stupid oh my gosh <laughs> god and it's like it's it's like it's like the movie knows what a movie with twist endings needs, but it's just it's so bad that it just winds <laughs> up like seeming so silly and especially the ways that they try to do it. There's a bit in the dialogue that De Niro is saying that he is technically reading from Pacino's notebook where he mentions that there's a bullet in his partner that was meant for him. Mm -hmm. So, you know, oh, we took a bullet for him in the line of duty or whatever. Yeah. So then later in the movie, there's a scene where we see De Niro with his shirt off mm -hmm. and he has like the scar on his side. Yeah. And so it's sort of like a twist ending clue. Yeah. That like, oh, wait, the, the tape said the partner had the bullet. But De Niro, so, oh, it must be the, you know, like mm -hmm. that's the way they're, they're trying to play it. But the hilarity of it is that it's like, for some reason, instead of it being a simple, like, he's walking out of the bedroom, putting a shirt on, or walking into the bedroom, taking a shirt off, or mm -hmm. into the bathroom, or something where it makes yeah. sense. Instead, I'm pretty sure he's just doing push-ups on Karen's kitchen floor without his shirt. Yeah, I think so. Something like that. Like... Why? Why would that be a thing somebody does in Seriously. somebody else's home? And like, there was like <laughs> just a sex scene. Yeah. Show it then. Really? Find any other way to show it. It's like they completely forgot. Yeah. And they're like, oh, shoot, we need a scene with the thing. <laughs> like, well, the only sets that haven't been struck are the kitchen. Like, well... <laughs> I, it's got to be in the kitchen then. Like, what reason would he have to take his shirt off in the kitchen? Like, push-ups. I don't know. Just do it. <laughs> Film the goddamn thing. <laughs> That's what it feels you like. had him, like, spill coffee on his shirt and, yeah, like, take yeah, it off right away. Really, anything like, else. That would have made more sense. <laughs> oh, man. Also, I love, I love it, like, the, the, the twist ending montage at the end. Where it's like, oh my god, it's actually Rooster. So they do flashbacks to all mm -hmm. the things that like reveal 
or like hinted at it or whatever like the whole oh so i'm the killer and that sort of stuff mm-hmm. the one that i loved that i thought was so funny because it was a callback to a moment that i thought was just so funny in the first place but when pacino suggests that it's a cop like at first i feel like donnie Wahlberg's reaction is like shit like yeah it probably is and De Niro's is like mm, immediate, like, no, 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 no. And then Leguizamo is just like immediately certain that yeah. that is the thing. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like Pacino's like, mm, that seems like a likely thing. And then Wahlberg is just like, oh, man, that, oh, that makes that, some sense. Yeah. And then fucking Leguizamo, I just love the line. He's just like, it's a cop, it's a cop, it's a cop. And that's what they flash back to at the end of the movie. (laughs) The three it's a cops in a row, which is literally seconds after it's been like said out loud by anybody. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, it's a cop. It's a cop. It is a cop. It completely is a cop. It's 100% is a cop. And it's like, you are a cop. You should be laying back a little bit and being like, it's possible. It is possible that it's a cop. Yeah. We should look into this. <laughs> Instead, he's just it like, no, totally, a absolutely a cop, 1,000%. <laughs> cop, 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 cop. Like, I expected him to start chanting, like, cop, 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 come on, everybody. <laughs> like, oh, man, it was so silly. I just, I loved that flashback, though. <laughs> oh, Christ. My final note in it. Because I, I don't think I have any more super specifics in here other than like just cliche garbage cop talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like wrote that down because, oh, my God, the acting talents of 50 Cent. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Dennehy, not you too. <laughs> that, was, that was very sad to see him. Um, but my absolute final note, I think, is a, is a great way to... Uh, describe this entire movie itself is uh, what a nice piece of trash this was and by nice i mean trash <laughs> that's uh i mean my i think i'm being a little too nice you might be uh i ended my notes with wow that was the most boring cop movie ever <laughs> right and like that was in a, in an era where you know like two years prior was fucking the departed yeah. You know what I mean? Like where there was like one a, of the uh, most exciting cop movies right? ever. And just like, oh, my God. Intriguing. Gosh. Yeah. And, and all sorts of everything great. that acting. This movie has nothing. You know what I mean? Like there there were there were moments in this movie where it was literally like, was this the first thing that anyone on this has ever worked on before mm-hmm. in their lives? Because it's horrible. Like just. I don't even want to be that cruel, but it's just like, you know what I mean? Like camera setups and just angles that they would shoot on some of those, the, the editing, that mm. one sequence where it was just Pacino talking on the couch, but they kept editing him to different sides of the screen. Yeah. Like three or four times in a row where it was just like, this is just because you have a boring movie mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, it needs to look a little cooler. And I didn't shoot it all that cool. So I'm just going to have to cut it all fucky yeah. to make it look like there was some sort of action happening. When in reality, like 30% of this movie is two old guys sitting on a couch talking. Yep. You know what I mean? And the story is so dog shit that there's no way that, you know, that it could be good yeah. regardless <laughs> of who the hell is in the roles. There was a fantastic line in here uh, that uh, I thought was particularly funny where uh, someone who was reviewing the movie. Let me see if I can find it. It was Peter Travers of Rolling Stone 
who gave the movie one out of four stars because yeah uh he just the quote is some people think robert de niro and al pacino would be a kick to watch just reading a phone book well bring on that phone book (laughs) 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 which is like 100 true and the the main problem with this is Mm -hmm. that it's like you do have two people who could probably make something that's just eh, be pretty okay yeah but if you give them garbage you're not going to get anything better than garbage. Yeah. I'm sorry. It doesn't matter that they're Robert De Niro and Al Pacino. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, it kind of makes it worse. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it if, really like, if it's like a garbage no-name actor playing these roles, you're just like, eh, well, eh, they Expected. were made for each other. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, this is the kind of script that's written for an actor like this. Yeah. But in this case, it's like, oh, come on. <laughs> Ugh, just the worst. <sighs> I wasn't Seriously. lying. No. I was not lying when I told you <laughs> 99 episodes ago how horrible this movie was. You, uh, no, you did not lie. <laughs> but I am glad that we actually sat down and watched the real thing. I'm glad that the it's full, over. <laughs> the full experience of Righteous Kill. Because like, there's a movie that came out, I believe, a year before called 77 Minutes or 88 Minutes. I don't remember. With Al Pacino. And it's it's so fucking bad. Same director. Oh, no. It's garbage. It's super garbage. Uh, and so this came out like a year later. Mm-hmm. And I feel like somehow that 77 or 88 minutes or whatever the fuck it was got more press for being horrible than this. And in my opinion, this is way worse. <laughs> like the other one is really stupid and has some very, very dumb stuff in it. But this, I feel, since it also wastes De Niro, yeah. is more egregious in how terrible it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that is going to wrap it up for the 100th episode Woo! of Popcorn for Dinner. Um, here's, here's to the next 100. <laughs> for show. Uh, not sure what we'll do for the rest of the month, but we'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll get there. Yeah. Uh, but uh, wrapping this one up, this is Jeff. And Kelly. This is America, you whiny bitch. Hey.